keep refreshing and try again. We've got some connectivity issues. Um, it looks like uh, we're on now. I, what I did, I basically just turned off my Wi-Fi. And we'll see if that works. Good morning, everyone. a seven-minute uh, song. We're going to cut it a little bit short. Uh, that was Vicki Winans, uh, Safe in His Arms. Thanks for being here. We, we're having some connectivity issues there, and I don't really quite know why, but I switched off the Wi-Fi. So that should take care of it, and um, I'm hopefully we'll have that. I don't know what... I know Facebook is doing some upgrades behind the scenes. There's nothing that we're doing any differently than what we have been doing as far as um, uh, broadcasting. So... We, we just have to kind of go with what we've got. But we are 
we're all here. We're ready to go uh, uh, for Sunday school this morning. Thanks for being here. Um, good news is that uh, uh, Pastor Gus is back today, uh, and he'll be bringing the message uh, in Akron. Uh, for uh, all those of you who are going to church, and please make sure that you wish him well. Uh, keep praying for his ongoing recovery. Um, we um, and and my my uh, my lovely bride is online as well too, uh, to make sure to greet you if I if I miss you. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. We're going to go get ahead and get started. We've got um, a couple of announcements to make. First of all, just remember uh, the weather is going to be great today. Uh, for those of you who are going down to Akron, please uh, make sure that you're practicing social distancing, wearing a mask where it's needed. Uh, we will be in the back parking lot today. The grass is a little wet. Um, kind of covered that uh, yesterday after checking it out, um, that uh, it wouldn't be dry enough. And the temperature is going to be about at kickoff time, I call it kickoff time, around 11 o'clock. Uh, it's about 68 degrees. Um, so it's going to be nice and comfortable. Uh, please t- take that into account when you go out today. We uh, um, wear your masks, social distance, um, your tithes and offerings. We appreciate remembering that as well, too. There's a drop box on the side of the church at the front entrance that you can use to drop your tithes and offerings off. Um, if you are mailing them, uh, the address is Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Um, we welcome you participating there uh, with your tithes and offerings. And there is a, <clears throat> a plan in place, just so you know, for the eventuality when our weather changes and we get back to a, a more cooler uh, cooler version of weather where we can return inside the building so we're looking into those possibilities and we have uh, potential things that can be done so uh, we're going to keep worshiping and we're going to keep giving praise to the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has done and how he has kept us even in the midst of all of this uh, this, this pandemic as a way to put it um, I think we're on the home stretch um, we're, we're going to see some changes I think right now the the colleges and the schools are dealing with uh, uh, people getting infected, but the good news with all of that is is that based upon everything that I've seen and read statistically, um, even though the college kids might be getting COVID-19, there are zero hospitalizations, which means we're managing this thing and dealing with it. Um, they're younger. They're uh, much more hardy. Uh, they'll be able to handle those things. So we, we, we that, think that's good news. Uh, that's nothing but good news because that means we have this under control to a certain degree. And um, because it's the Lord who is doing it. He's the one who is uh, orchestrating all of that. Very good news indeed. So we're on the home stretch, but we still have to stay safe and make sure that those who are more compromised with the with uh, health conditions do not uh, have uh, uh, an issue with that. You might notice I have a slightly different scene. Uh, the, the door behind me is open, uh, and the reason for that is that we have a cat that likes to uh, sometimes come in, come through that doorway and, and cause all kinds of issues. So we're going to try and see what happens this week when we leave the door open and just take that novelty away. Uh, every now and then you'll, you'll see me look at uh, my bride and you'll hear this bang behind me and then and uh, we just smile and shake our heads uh, because that's what's going on. So, uh, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started with Sunday School. We have a new book. We have a new lesson to start. Uh, it's a very interesting one. Um, and I hope that you enjoy it because it's a it's a kind of a deep dive into Paul's communication with the uh, with the Galatian church, um, and I think that it's important for us to see that 
and see what the dynamics are going on with this particular passage. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Uh, and we'll say once again, good morning. Welcome to Sunday School. Uh, uh, and uh, thanks for being here this morning. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to just sit quietly before you and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for how you look after us as a people, as a church, and as individuals, as, as families. We thank you for your covering. We thank you for how you protected us and kept us. We thank you for your magnificent healing power. And we thank you again, Lord, that you indeed are the one who is worthy of our worship and praise. Lord, help us to live in such a way where we want to honor you and glorify you in what we do. And we thank you when we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've got uh, the book of Galatians. We're going to start with chapter 1. We're going to Galatians 1. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 24. And uh, for those of you who got on uh, a little bit later, I think we've solved our connectivity issues by turning off our Wi-Fi, so we should be good to go. We'll move forward and... Uh, for whatever reason, it was glitching out. But who knows, right? So let's go to book, the book, book of Galatians. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. We're going to cover verses 1 through 24 today. And we have been, um, we went through um, previous books here, but we haven't done Galatians before. And I, it's a new study for me as well, too. So uh, we'll dive into this together and kind of look at it and see what it has to say to us. But what it is covering is the importance of referencing the authenticity of the gospel. Um, there are times when we have to, uh, not in ways of bragging, but to actually just show qualifications for presenting information to different people. Because some people may be more analytic, some people may be more uh, studious and want to know where, on what authority you're speaking. And that authority is not about bragging, it's about speaking about, you're speaking in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. But some of us need to also understand that there are other forces involved in churches that can cause us uh, difficulty in understanding the gospel. Especially if there's legalism or there's something going on within the midst of the walls of the church. So we'll dive into that a little bit more and we'll be covering that for the next couple, couple three weeks, I think. But uh, let's start with verse 1 of Galatians chapter 1. Reading from the New Living Translation, it is a much more uh, flowing translation to read from, but please follow along in your own Bibles. It says, This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. Verse 2, All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6. I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news 
than the one we preached to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Oh, keep that one in mind. Verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. Verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Verse 18. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that I, what I am writing to you is not a lie. Verse 21, after that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia. And still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Okay, so that's the passage, verses 1 through 24 in chapter 1. And essentially, that's the entire chapter uh, of the first chapter of Galatians. So let's get some background here so we can understand exactly what's going on here. This is, of course, Paul writing to the Galatian church. As you know, he wrote several letters uh, to different churches. And understand something about this communication with the churches. Sometimes God speaks to us individually. Sometimes God speaks to us as a group. Sometimes God speaks to us through other people communicating with us and giving us information that's helpful for us to make sure that we are doing everything we can to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as closely as possible. Well, this is a case where Paul is speaking directly to the church and giving them information that's going to be helpful for them to understand what they're dealing with. So what are they dealing with? Uh, let's go back and look at a little bit of history here. Paul and Barnabas, um, just to give you reference here, had just completed their first missionary journey. You can find that in the book of Acts, chapter 13, and starting in verse 2, and then going to verse chapter 14, verse 28. The book of Acts is a great book to go back and look over and see some of the underlying issues that are being written in these different uh, letters to the churches. Um, we're not going to read that passage. We're just giving you a reference point as to what is going on and why this letter came about. Now, they had visited, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas had visited Iconium, Lystra and Derby, cities in the Roman province of Galatia. Did you know that Galatia is present-day Turkey? Uh, the nation of Turkey, um, that's where Galatia uh, resides. That's where it resided. 
Upon returning to Antioch, Paul was accused by some Jewish Christians of diluting Christianity to make it more appealing to Gentiles. These Jewish Christians disagreed with Paul's statements that Gentiles did not have to follow many of the religious laws that the Jews had obeyed for centuries. Now, before we get start jumping the gun and getting too highfalutin about what the Jews were doing here, um, some of their intentions were not good, don't get me wrong, but understand that what they felt they were doing was right in God's eyes. Um, and so we need to make sure that we keep a balance here when we look at something like this. Now, they were not uh, genuinely not really listening to the gospel message. They were falling back into traditions. And that is something that we had to be very careful about as individuals when we talk about certain churches. You know, we have, um, I dare say it, in some black churches, we have a lot of tradition. There's a lot of tradition that takes place uh, that gives honor to a lot of different things, maybe deacons, maybe elders, maybe uh, pastors, giving honor to them, but giving less and less honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be very conscious of that, that it's not just Jews that do that. A lot of us do that as Christians. And understand that all of these letters are being written to people who are professing to be Christians. So that's also something to be uh, keep in mind as well, too. You know, the world is going to do what it does, but we as believers have a greater responsibility. So let me continue here to give more background for this passage. The Jewish Christians disagreed with Paul's statements that Gentiles don't have to follow the many, many of the rules, religious laws that Jews had obeyed for centuries. Some of Paul's accusers had even followed him to those Galatian churches and had told the Gentile converts that they had to be circumcised and follow the Jewish laws and customs in order to be saved, which means Gentiles had to first become Jews in order to become Christians. So in response to all of that, Paul wrote this letter to the Galatian churches, and he explained to them that following these Old Testament laws, or the Jewish laws, would not bring salvation, which we clearly know today. We understand that. and But you have to understand, back at that time, um, this Christianity thing was a brand new thing. So there had to be an education and perhaps even a re-education as to what the values really were. A person is saved by grace through faith. Now, he wrote this letter around A.D. 49, which was shortly before the meeting of the Jerusalem Council, which settled the law versus grace controversy, and that can be read about in Acts chapter 15. So we got a lot of rich information here uh, about this passage and why this letter was written in the first place. But basically, it was to set the Galatian church straight and give them information that you have people who are Jews in your midst who are kind of hanging on to the old thing and not really going to the new thing. And so that's something that we need to be very conscious of, too. You know, we as people have to be very cautious about making the gospel more than it is because now you're actually creating and putting in place something where you've got uh, greater responsibilities doing certain things to make yourself uh, be worthy of receiving God's grace. And no, the, the most important thing we can do is acknowledge that Lord that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And by that we have what we need and then we are empowered by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit which will help to teach us and guide us as we move forward. And that teaching and guiding us should hopefully include a measure of discernment that the information that you're receiving from other people about what you need to do needs to be filtered through that spirit 
and say, yes, this is necessary for good, you know, growth. And no, this is unnecessary because you already have what you need in me. So that's something that's very important for us to see here. So let's go back to the top of the passage. And we'll try to cover this relatively quickly because a lot of this is, is, is information we'll be covering over the next couple of weeks as well, too. There's a very direct uh, message here, first of all, about there is no other gospel. Um, go back to the top. We're going to go to verse 3. And as we understand, this is written to the Galatian church. The first two verses were an introduction and, and speaks about well, who Paul is. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and, and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father had planned, planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. If you want to summarize the gospel message uh, about God's goodness, it's wrapped up right in these two verses, these three verses in verses 3, 4, and 5. The goodness that we have is because of God, uh, Jesus Christ, giving his life for us. That was part of the plan. That was part of where we were, uh, what was in, involved in the very first chapter of Genesis. That plan was in place for Jesus Christ to be able to provide this as a, uh, as a way for us to have eternal life. Now let's look at verse 6. Because we need to see here that the reason why Paul is writing this letter is because he's gotten information that's not helpful for the church. And so he is trying to fix that with this communication. Remember I said some people, sometimes God speaks to you directly. Sometimes God speaks to you through different people uh, about giving you information. Because you need to and understand that these are new believers or relatively new believers. They're still learning about discernment. And they're still learning about information that's going to help them to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And note that God notices everything that you're doing. You know, there's a reason why at the, in like the first two or three books of Revelation, he's writing directly to churches about their behaviors and what he has observed, what he has seen. And while it's a general statement, it's about the general hearts of the individuals involved. And here is the same thing, only it's being done now through Paul, uh, through communication to the people. And if you get a chance to look at the first few books of uh, passages in Revelation, and look at what God is writing to, Jesus is writing to those churches about. And he's writing to them about specific behaviors. Uh, it's interesting that God loves his church so much, he's taking the time to give us information that's helpful for us to make sure that because he sees everything that we're doing and he knows what, what we're all about, that he's giving us information to help us to live lives that are more honoring to him and not getting sidetracked. A lot of our churches are sidetracked. I, I, you know, that's really the best way I can describe it. They're sidetracked from things that are just irrelevant, meaningless, keep us from focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to avoid that. So look what it says here. Verse 6. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. Look what it says. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Now, this is what I mean about how a lot of people in churches are sometimes just involved in church for the sake of being social. And a lot of them are not really following what God would be teaching. Um... 
This is a little bit more specific, though, because we're referring to the um, Jewish Christians. Some people were preaching a different gospel uh, at that time, basically stating that faith in Christ was not enough. And you know what? We hear a lot of that today. Faith in Christ is not enough. I, I Sometimes I joke about it uh, with a brother online. You know, he has these different titles that he likes to use. But there are some people who like to use titles to make themselves look more important in a church, like apostle. And it is something that uh, you should be very, very cautious in not doing unless you have been had directly direct communication, direct contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not an apostle. Um, you might be a disciple, uh, but we have to understand that there are people who are elevating uh, the truth into something that is now an untruth. The gospel of a true gospel is that salvation is a gift, not a reward for certain deeds. And Jesus had made the gift available to all who believe in him. So we are always beware of people who say we need more than simple faith in Christ to be saved. There is <clears throat> no reason for anyone to feel like they have to keep achieving or doing something to have faith in Jesus Christ. It is a one-shot deal. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, that is all you need to be recognized by Jesus Christ and that's what you move with. You move with that information. You have the Holy Spirit to empower you and give you guidance. Now, the one thing we have to understand about that, because we have the Spirit, we have the ability to turn that switch on or off as far as listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because he dwells within us, and he dwells within a fleshly body, a fleshly nature, a fleshliness that tries to sometimes do things even to make themselves look more important than other people. We'll, we'll look at that a little bit later on here as you go further down in this passage. I believe that's in verse 10. But we need to understand that um, all, we are all we are in Jesus Christ. And there's nothing for us to do that's more important than that. Now Paul's referring to people who are deliberately twisting the truth. So let verse 8, let's go back to Galatians chapter 1 verse 8. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Now, understand something. He's covering every possibility of what can happen when we hear about something other than good news. Because you have to understand that angels also had to be cast out of heaven because of rebellion. People who are, are communicating and think that they need to be more important than others will give you information that will help you to go away from the gospel of Christ and follow and doing certain things or traditions, doing certain works. Uh, one thing comes to mind, uh, having to go around and knock on doors and, and, and doing it because it's more of a duty than it is a responsibility to follow Christ, uh, supposedly to get you a greater position to be in heaven. Well, that strictly works. There's nothing there that is necessary for you to do. Now, do, does God want us to have communication with others about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Does he want to be speaking, want us to speak the love of Christ to other individuals? Absolutely. These are all things we need to do. But we need to understand that there is a ritualization of a lot of these things that are taking place in different faiths that profess to be Christianity. Um, don't let that. Uh, f don't let those things fool you. 
uh, it is a deceptive practice to do that. Okay, verse 9, back to Galatians 1. I say again that what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Paul is making it very clear. Now, he's speaking from authority here too. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we go further down the passage. Um, one thing I want to make sure that we're mentioning here too is that in verse 7, we said, It's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Um, there's one way to acknowledge Jesus Christ. John 14:6 is the clear reference to that. And you can go and reference, uh, look at John 14:6 right now. Um, John 14:6. Um, if we're looking for memory verses or verses that we should be memorizing, this is one of them. If you have not memorized John 14:6, today is a good day to start, and today is a good day for you to look at that passage and understand that it's a way for you to um, proclaim if you're speaking to someone about Jesus Christ. John 14:6 is a great verse to use because it, people are confused today about what they need to do to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you need to do is just believe. Look what it says in John 14, 6. I am the way. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now notice what it says. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of that. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one is an exclusive statement uh, it means that Jesus Christ is the only way to get it done, the only way for you to have eternal life, and the only way that you can receive eternal life by believing in Jesus Christ, in believing in his ability, believing in his power, believing that he is Lord, believing that he is indeed your Savior. And in order for him to believe that he is your Savior, you have to know that you need to be saved, which essentially means that you have to acknowledge your guilt. You have to acknowledge that you are an individual who has sinned and that you need his saving grace. You need him to forgive your sins and cleanse you. And it's really that simple. And, of course, we have other people who have tried to make this a more spectacular gospel than what it really is. It's not that it's a boring gospel. It's a glorious gospel. But, but ultimately, we as people sometimes just get bored, I guess, uh, when it comes to matters of faith. We must get bored. We, we have to figure out, well, there's something else we need to be doing. There's something else that we need to be recognizing when we look at uh, our faith and what we're doing with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and basically, no, it's just building upon the fact that you have eternal life, that you are a child of God, that you are blessed in that area, that you are a child of God, and you have eternal life. But in that, you have responsibility. And that responsibility should give you a charge you to stop and learn and do more you don't stop growing you continue to grow you continue to focus on those things that are important so let's move further down verse 10 galatians 1 obviously i'm not trying to win the approval of people but of god if pleasing people were my goal i would not be christ's servant now that passage should be a real wake-up call for a lot of people who feel as though they have to do do and do and do some more and give greater insight into what they need to do to please god but and and the only reason why we it gives pause because they're just trying to please other people 
they're just trying to suck up. You know, that's uh, you know, I, I use real world terminology. You know, when someone is sucking up to your teacher or someone is sucking up to other individuals because they want a higher position, uh, sucking up to the boss at work because you feel as though that's going to help you to get a raise or get you promoted in such a way. Well, you should be acting in such a way where your own works and things that you're doing um, speak for themselves and you don't need to do anything special to do those things. Now, we also know that God is the one who gives honor. And we have to understand that honor is sometimes not what we think it is. Um, you know, we might think that honor is by, you know, having the accolades of other, other people or other individuals where the most important honor you should have is to follow Christ and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and be Christ-like in your actions, even if the world hates you. So the moment you start, what Paul is saying here is the moment you start trying to please people, you are not going to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that is pretty much a universal truth. And you can apply that to just about any relationship that you're involved in, any situation you're involved in. That is a universal truth. If you're trying to win the approval of people and not God, you are not going to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that is something that's very powerful. It's a powerful statement. Um, let's take a look to supplement that at Romans chapter 2. Verse 29, and you have to understand that the reason why I'm looking at this passage is that because, remember, a lot of the people in the church here in Galatians, there are Jewish Christians, uh, Judaizers is the term that is used um, for those individuals who clearly are moving in such a way where they're looking to please themselves, please uh, anyone other than God. They're giving a false gospel and a false teaching to the people. And so this passage here actually addresses that. Um, Romans 2.29, But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So what are we talking about here? The true Jew, who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, is not doing so just because for the sake of circumcision as a physical thing as a ritualistic thing but the actual circumcision that they are experiencing is from the heart where God has touched their heart and given them insight into the importance of following Jesus Christ whether and whether you're a Jew or not that applies so it's circumcision of the heart so the praise is not from man not from other people but from God that you take the time to allow your heart to be circumcised and not so much get caught up in the physical aspect of it. See, this is what was being taught to the, um, the people of the church, the Galatians who were um, Gentiles, that they had to get through the circumcision aspect, the physical circumcision, to become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, no, that's not at all what the gospel is. And you need to understand that, and we need to make sure that we distinguish that. So that's a very, very important passage to understand and very important for us to see about not trying to win the approval of others. So go to verse 11 now back in Galatians 1. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message 
I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. Important point. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it goes to verse 13. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion. How I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. You see how he was acting? Why was Paul, at that point he was Saul, destroying new believers? Because he felt that they were doing something that was ultimately blasphemous to God. And so he made the decision in his heart to go out and persecute the church. And when, when Paul says that he had the direct message, the direct revelation from Jesus Christ, this is why he called himself an apostle, he had a direct encounter with Jesus Christ where he was basically struck blind and then he heard Jesus' voice speak to him on that road to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, who, who are you, Lord, was what Paul had said. He knew exactly who it was. Um, why are you persecuting me? And so that is when he had to learn about the truth. And yes, uh, Paul was very zealous for the traditions of his ancestors. And, and you're going to run across a lot of people who are very, very zealous about tradition. And that's what we have to be very cautious about. Be cautious about those individuals because the gospel is less and less important for those who are focusing on tradition. Um, pretty much a universal statement. We have to keep that in mind when we look at different behaviors, different people, different churches. These are all things that we need to keep into account and take into account. Excuse me. Verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Now, that was revealed to him in that encounter with Jesus Christ, that God chose him. He was chosen to be the one to speak on behalf of Jesus Christ before the church. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Jesus to the Gentiles. So what Paul is doing here, just to make sure that you understand, that he is speaking on authority because of the fact that he had received information directly from Jesus Christ. He was an exemplary Jew. He, had, uh, he was one of the leading Jews uh, who had authority within um, the Jewish faith. And he had a very special conversion experience, which is what we just talked about. Uh, that's in Acts, by the way, that special conversion experience is in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Um, I can't think of anybody else who's had a conversion experience like that, that we know of uh, personally. Um, but you, you definitely will pay attention if uh, God comes down, blinds you, and puts you in a place where you are humble to the degree where he's revealing to you all about who you are. Um, that's a humbling experience. And that's a learning experience for by any account that you can use here. Um, and so what had happened here, uh, that's what we're looking at here in that passage, Acts 9, verses 1 through 9. You can look at that on your own, uh, but you'll see exactly where, what I'm referring to. And you, you all know about that. Saul became Paul at that point. So now when this happened, 
Uh, going down to back to verse 16, second part of that. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Now, we'll talk about this next week, but Paul didn't immediately start becoming a minister for the Lord Jesus Christ. It took about 15 years, which a lot of people probably would be very surprised to hear that. It's something that is is a very interesting uh, statement or revelation that, that took place. He It took him time to get into this. Um, we remember that Jesus, when he got baptized, he did not start directly into ministry he had to go through a learning process and that first learning process was right after it in matthew matthew chapter 4 where he was taken up onto a and taken up onto a mountain with satan and had to go through 40 days and 40 nights of of temptation uh without food uh well he had no food for 40 days and then he had temptation that he had to endure with uh, satan a learning process all believers have to go through a learning process. And just because you're called doesn't mean that you start your mission right away or your ministry right away. You are in the process of learning about your ministry. And that's something that's very, very important for us to see, too. Some of us feel as though they're called, oh, i got to jump right into this right away. Well, you might have some stuff you've got to work on first. We are called as imperfect vessels. Do you think that Paul was imperfect uh, when he was first called into ministry and God had to speak to him? And the answer is absolutely he was. He was a murderer. He was one who was uh, persecuting his church, persecuting Jesus' church. So there had to be a learning process that took place. And I think we need to understand that for those who believe they are called, it doesn't mean you say, oh, okay, that's my calling, therefore I need to go ahead and do this. Well, that's not the way it works. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work that way. It, there is still some learning that we all have to go through. So I won't dwell on that uh, this week. Well, I'll get to that uh, next week. We're running short of time here. Um, but I wanted to make sure that you I, you got that information here that Paul is revealing to the Galatian church his authority as to how he is speaking because this is his initial letter to them and he is making sure that they understand that he knows what he's talking about because of his own personal experiences and how God had chosen and spoken directly to him to convey the message. Okay, and then it goes further on in verse 18. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter. You see that? Three years later, there's, there's a time element here we need to see. Three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I've met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God what I'm writing to you is not a lie. So he is giving you information here in this letter to show that he had to learn some things. He had to be exposed to different things. And, of course, most people know who Peter is. And so that just shows that Paul is showing the authority that he has to bring this information. Other texts call Peter Cephas. Peter Cephas. That's right. Oh, right. Other texts will call Peter. Thank you for saying that. Other texts will call Peter Cephas. Um, and that's that's a great point. And I have Peter here in this passage. And so thank thank you for the uh, person assisting here to remind me of that. <laughs> Thumbs up. So last part of the passage. After that visit, I went north to the provinces of Syria and Cilicia. And still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that the people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith 
he tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me, because they saw the before and the after. And that's what we need to understand, too, is that there's a before and an after when it comes to being believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you not rejoice when you see someone who comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Do you not rejoice when you have that information provided to you? That is something that is very important for us to recognize. Uh, we rejoice when we see the goodness of Christ. So uh, Paul is speaking here in this passage about who he is, the importance of the gospel, and that he was called directly by God to speak to that church, to give them information, to help them to understand God's truth. That is what is, we take away from this passage here. This is a great book to look at. We'll look at it more of it uh, next time we get together, and we'll move to Galatians chapter 2 and, and, and go further into the passage. But the thing that struck me about this passage, is, uh, this, this particular uh, book, is that you know, sometimes we miss stuff because we go too fast. Paul's ministry was not immediate. It, it grew. It developed over time, and it had to be God's timing to do that. And the, the 15 years thing kind of blew me away when I saw that um, because we sometimes think, like, why is God not using me? Well, how do you know God isn't using you? Uh, even in your learning process or your experience where things get very quiet, God just wants you to honor him and trust in him. Focus directly on him. Focus on what he would have you to do. He is, you're honoring him by doing that. And by doing that, you'd be surprised the number of people who look at you and your behaviors and say, boy, that person really must know the Lord. That person really must be uh, trying to honor God with their life. You don't know what other people are thinking. Don't worry about it. You're not doing this to do what? Please people. You're doing this to please the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the takeaway here that we always want to look at. Whatever we do, we do for Christ. We don't do it for accolades. We don't do it for headers on uh, letterheads uh, in letters. We don't do it for attention by man. We do it because we want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. We value our salvation so much that we take the time to truly look to God and focus on him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for how you show us that this thing about ministry is a lifelong endeavor. And Lord, while we are waiting for you sometimes to call us into what you would have us to do, we're not to be lazy or we're not to sit idly by and wonder what's going on. We're to be in active communication with you. We're to be reading and studying your word. We're to go out and just live according to your word. And as we live according to your word, we just thank you, Lord, for the teaching of the Spirit, helping us to grow and develop, learning more than we knew yesterday, the day before, because of how we are just honoring and obeying you. And Lord, because we know that we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know we have to endure a lot of things that come at us, a lot of untruths, a lot of falsehoods, a lot of accusations. A lot of things that will try to put us down because other people might want to make themselves feel better. But Lord, we're okay with that because we know that we're honoring you. We know that the argument is not against me or someone else, but it's against you. And so for that reason, we remember to follow you and just honor and worship you. And we thank you, Lord, for those truths and those teachings. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's a great start to Galatians. We're going to sign off here and head down to Akron. 
Uh, for those of you who are online with us, please stay with us. We try to get set up around 11-ish. It depends on how quickly they get set up at, outside with uh, the praise team and all of that. So just look for us sometime after 11. And um, praise God. Uh, praise God. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys are fantastic in support. I, all I can say is that we are as close as a church as we've ever been, if not the closest we've ever been because of this whole situation because of the ability to get together and get online. And uh, I encourage you, if you have questions about anything that's going on, please ask them. Uh, this will be back. This will also be available online later on to look at on our Akron Lions Fellowship Facebook page. And there will be a link provided for it, too, from akronalliance.org. Uh, but please use our resources if you have questions and go back and want to learn something or, or, or listen to other messages or passages. We, we will have those for you. Thank you so much, guys. We will uh, reconvene next Sunday morning at 9.30 for Sunday school. We'll see you a little bit later on for church. Um, dress comfortably. You should have a good time. Bring your lawn chairs, and we'll have a good time at church today. Uh, with that in mind, uh, God bless you all. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.